Welcome to Joyful Eating. I'm your host, Jules Clancy, a former food scientist and winemaker turned cookbook author and health coach. I've discovered a simple way to have a joyful relationship with food without sacrificing pleasure or my waistline, and I can help you get there too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, hello, and welcome to Joyful Eating, episode number 103. So today we're talking no bad food, no good food. Before we get to that, the best bite I had this weekend, actually, I made a big batch of blackberry jam, which I'll hear about more in this episode. Um, But I had it for afternoon tea with um, my usual afternoon tea, which is like different seeds, linseeds, um, flax seeds, sunflowers and some pitas and then homemade Greek yogurt and then a big dollop of blackberry jam and some almond butter as well. And it was just so delicious. I could eat that all day, every day. Plan for today is... First, I'll just share the story behind this episode. Then we'll look at like why no bad food, why I recommend you stop thinking about food in terms of good and bad. So like we'll look at specifically why no bad food, the one exception to my no bad food rule, um, and then also why no good food. And then we'll look at what I recommend doing instead and what I do instead. Okay, so why no bad food? So first thing I want you to appreciate is that all food has value. So even the most highly processed crap like still provides us energy and there are so many reasons to eat that aren't nutrition. And I think when we start to just only think in terms of health and nutrition that we're getting from food, we're missing out on all the other aspects like the pleasure. There's like the celebration of a birthday cake, the tradition of like we have our Christmas Eve ham, like the family traditions that you have, regional and country traditions as well. There's nostalgia, like food really can link us to a place and time. And there's also connection, like the sharing of food, but also that shared experience. So there's layers and layers of reasons why we eat that have nothing to do with the nutrients that we're getting from the food. And when we're like judging food as good and bad, we really miss out on appreciating these other values that food has. And the other trap is, it leads to what's called food moralizing, which I learned about from um, Daria Rose's great book, Foodist. And in that, um, she alerted me to this idea that, that when we seeing food as good and bad, we also judge ourselves as being good and bad based on what we ate. So, you know, if we ate a brownie, which is bad, like that makes us a bad person. And this is really like, the opposite of having a joyful, healthy relationship with food and like, and ourselves, it's like just this guilt and shame and like judgment. And it's really heavy and not fun. It also has this kind of reverse psychology effect that when we're seeing food as bad, it's like the bad boy, you know, we glamorize it and it actually can build the desire for it. Oh, I you know, kind of have cookies because they're bad, but it actually makes us like on some level, want the cookies even more because, you know, when it's just human nature, if something's forbidden, tell a toddler that they can't have a cookie, then all they're like screaming for is cookies for the, you know, until you forever and ever. Um, so it actually backfires. Seeing food is bad actually builds our desire for it and makes us want it even more. So it just like puts us into a really difficult place. And like you just think about, you know, that famous thought experiment. If you, like someone says, don't think about pink elephants, then all you're thinking about is pink elephants. So um, it's so like heavy and not fun and it brings like fear to food. Like, you know, sugar is evil, sugar is the devil and powerless over sugar. Like all those thoughts are just, that makes it sound much heavier and scarier than it needs to be. And also like just when we're seeing food is good and bad, we forget that it's actually like what's important is the amounts that we're eating. 
you remember the movie Supersize Me, there was actually a follow-up documentary done by a university in the US somewhere. And they actually got two college students to eat every single meal at a fast food restaurant. But the difference was that they had to eat the correct portions, like the correct amount of calories for their size. And one of the students was like quite a petite woman. And then the other was like this big tall guy. And so they ate the appropriate calories for each of their body sizes. And by the end of that month, neither of like one of them had slightly lost a pound or something. Like neither of them had gained any weight. And also fascinatingly, I think like they were checking out some health markers. I think their cholesterol improved, like something like that. So that's just a good example that actually it's not whether we have cookies or not that really makes a difference to our health. It's the amount of cookies that we're having and the frequency of, that we're having. So having, you know, one Tim Tams, like the, the Tim Tams are like the, um, this iconic Australian chocolate coated biscuit, we call them biscuits, cookie. Um, if you're having like one Tim Tam a day or one Oreo a day or having it once a week, like that's really not a problem. But if you're having like a whole pack in one sitting, like that's a, it's a very different story. So I think that's the other damaging part about this whole bad foods thing is that it stops us thinking about actually, you know, the quantity and the frequency that we're eating things has a big impact as well. So that's why, like, I really recommend no bad foods, but I do have one exception and that is like any food that you don't enjoy eating. So if there's something that you really hate, it doesn't matter how healthy it is. Like you can see that as bad <laughs> and give yourself permission to never eat it ever again if you don't want to. For me, that that is tripe. Like I've tried it so many times in like fancy restaurants thinking that, you know, one day I might like tripe, but I, I don't. And I'm like, you know what? I'm happy to think of tripe as being bad and something that I don't like. <laughs> and um, yeah, that's my experience of tripe. But yeah, so that's the exception. It's any food that you don't enjoy eating. Like, of course, if you want to call that bad, go for it. So that's why no bad foods. Now look at the opposite of this idea of good food or superfood, even worse. I hate that term. Um, and the thing is that when we're seeing food as good, again, like that food moralizing thing, like, oh yeah, if we're eating broccoli, we're a good person. Like it's very like moralistic and judgmental. So, and it implies like that the people who aren't eating broccoli, you know, that aren't eating good food, like that they're somehow less than us, which I think, you know, that judgmental aspect is never helpful. But the the main reason I recommend not seeing food as good as well is that and I've seen this so many times when I've been myself and when I've been coaching people, it's like, is that uh, like, well, this is something I used to do is like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. This is good food. Like uh, this is healthy food. So it doesn't matter if I overeat. And the thing is that it absolutely matters a hundred percent. If you like, if you eat, overeat broccoli and your, and cheese, like it's going to affect your weight. And if we're seeing this food as good and kind of there's like, oh yeah, it's okay for us to just go mental with it. It gives us this, uh, it doesn't matter how much we eat because it's good food like people struggle with their weight because of that thought error. And I was coaching someone this week and she was like, yeah, but it's all healthy, healthy snacks. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, cause she was like, I'm not losing weight. And it's like, yeah, of course you're not. Like too much food is too much food. And it doesn't matter whether those calories are coming from broccoli or chocolate cake. It's like, you know, you're getting the same net effect. Um, when I worked in the food industry, like that snack wells range came out, like and there was studies done on, um, and people, if they saw food as 
being healthier, then they were more likely to overeat it than if they like they give they themselves to permission to overeat it. Whereas if they saw it as not healthy, then they were less likely to overeat because they would be like, being good and all that sort of stuff. So it really does have an impact on our thoughts about food and how much we eat of it if we're seeing things as good and bad. And the other reason we don't want to like call food good food is because then it can also remove the pleasure. So if like, you know, if you're eating kale because it's healthy, like because it's a good food, like it removes the actual joy from it. Like, and you you forget to tune into that. Actually, you know, a big bowl of like, you know, fresh kale leaves dressed with, I, I do this um, amazing salad with tahini and lime juice and a bit of soy sauce and just like rub that into the kale leaves. And it's just, it's so, it's nutty. It's so good. It's <laughs> so good. So if we're seeing food as good foods, then we can forget about the pleasure aspect and we miss out on that because we're just eating things because they're good. That's the why no good foods. So what do we want to do instead? And the first thing is just to like make that decision in your head to stop labeling food as good and bad, just seeing it as letting it go. And just and so then when you hear things in the media or your friends say something, just remember, remember in your head, like actually, you know, that's not helpful to think of food as good or bad, like all food has value. And then focus instead on like deciding what to eat based on how food makes you feel in the moment and a few hours later. So tuning into how your body actually responds to food is a much better way to guide your decision-making process than just having someone telling you a list of eat these foods, avoid these foods for all the reasons that we mentioned above about the food moralizing, but also like when you're like letting yourself experience how food makes you feel, you're naturally drawn to the things that make you feel good and naturally like less likely to eat the things that don't make you feel so great. So that also brings in the, um, the quantity piece as well. So like you'll notice like, oh yeah, if I have one croissant, it feels amazing. Like I feel well fine. Like I feel good. I enjoy it. But if I have like two croissants, like then I feel gross. Like, so when you're focusing on how your body feels, then you're naturally going to want to do what feels good. So you're going to go, oh yeah, last time I had two, it was too many. I'm going to more likely, you're more likely to stick to one and get that quantity piece right. And also because you are the expert on you as well. So, and we all have, you know, different insulin sensitivities, different gut microbiomes, different preferences, and we have different nostalgia, cultural things that are going on as, as well. So by focusing on what feels good to you and feels right to you, simplifies it. And it just, and it means that you're more internally motivated to keep eating in a way where you're eating more of the food that makes you feel good. And it just feels easy and good and like none of the angst that comes in with that. So that's it for today. So key takeaway is just remembering that labeling food as good or bad isn't helpful and you can actually choose to stop judging and appreciate that all food has some value. So have a beautiful week and I will catch you next week. Bye. Before you go, this is the best part. So if you enjoyed Joyful Eating, subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform. And I'd love to send you a copy of my free recipe app, Stone Soup 6 Ingredients 20 Minutes. It's full of hundreds of easy whole food recipes, so delicious they'll satisfy even the biggest food snob. It's the perfect little resource to have right on your phone for those inevitable times when you're in the supermarket thinking, wow, what am I doing for dinner? It's available for both iOS and Android, and I add new recipes every week. So it's a really great resource to get for free. 
See the link in the show notes or if you just Google stone soup and click on the free recipe app page, that'll give you the details of how to grab your free copy. 